the Spot Track Podcast, talking sports contracts, the salary cap, and business of sports. Well, everybody, welcome to the SpotTrack.com podcast. I'm Kevin Sylvester, along with Paul Peck. We're at BuffaloSportsPage.com, the, the home market for the founder of SpotTrack.com, Mike Gennetti. And, Mike, we have a plethora of things. We're going to start NBA. Yeah. NBA, because Houston, there is a problem. More than one problem, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, wow, right? I can't believe it's the middle of December and we're still having this conversation. This isn't a fluke anymore. This is a real deal situation. It wasn't just Carmelo Anthony's contract. Who's still there, by the way. Right. Yeah. <laughs> They're waiting four more days. December 15th, they can officially trade him. So I expect him to be a Laker at that point. By the way, FanDuel, take him off of being an option. Is he really? Yes. <laughs> I feel bad for the guy. He's the J.R. Smith of the West. Things things just never got any better from after that Syracuse National Championship uh, celebration. Oh, they did. No, he, he was had great like with two the twenty point games this year. Yeah, right. And then they just decided you're done with us. W- what are we doing here? You're the second worst team in the Western Conference. Anybody should be a- able to get a shot right now. Right. right. I mean, he can't play defense, but n- nobody on that team plays defense. That's that, that's problem number one. But here's the thing: they knew that coming into the season. This wasn't about we're going to be a balanced team where we're going to, you know we're going to lull you to death and then no they want they're going to score 140 and outscore everybody and win because that's what works that's what Golden State does that's what you know Oklahoma City has done to maintain themselves that that was the plan but they can't score they're scoring 108 points a game with basically the same guys I mean the guys they lost were defensive minded so you you knew they were going to take a hit there but it, it's just people figure them out. Right? Yeah. They took an offseason and watched a lot of video, figured out that, that they switch on everything, and this is how you defend that. And, and clearly, they just, they've just they been outsmarted all year and outworked. That's the thing, right? You've got a couple of guys. Chris Paul's aging. He's, he, he's, not, you know, he's not going court, you know, end-to-end anymore like he right. used to be able to do. I never thought he was a great no. shooter anyways. You no, know? probably not a great shooter, yeah. but, you've, Decent, got hard, but... You've, got hard, you've got Harden for that. Right. Who but... should be scoring 45 every night and... Maybe it's an effort thing with him. I don't know. Where, where are we with James? Uh, where, where are we with Harden? Know. Harden's contract hasn't even started yet. Right. He has, it hasn't even kicked in yet. He's got four gigantic seasons coming of, of money. Um, and if they have to rebuild this thing, holy cow, right? Well, you, you, you look at Harden and... Now, Grant, I haven't watched much of the Rockets this year. But in the past, I mean, it's been... Every every time down the floor, right? Yeah. 90%. It's like LeBron, right? It all goes through him right? all the time. He's got to touch the ball. But there's and, a mechanism for that working in LeBron and in a few in a few teams. Sure. Right? Yes, but uh, LeBron is built differently yeah. than Harden. Yeah. And I think can take the pounding that Harden's taking a lot of – he's taking a pounding yeah. with all the penetration that he has. Yeah. And, man, it always looks like he travels when he steps back. It always does. Race, right? Yeah. That is his move, and that move is unguardable. But if right. you're not hitting him – I'm not sure he has a plan B right, right now. Right, because if he's not hitting him... You and he's not going to the hoop. <laughs> right. Is, is, there a, uh, is there a bit of a superstar syndrome that's going on in the NFL, in the NBA a little bit where guys establish themselves and they reach that superstar status and then they get paid like it and they, teams think they're untouchable and then maybe they weren't really that player and maybe they weren't ever really as good as people thought they were, but then now you're, what do you do? I mean, like you talk about, Harden is, has been a great player, you know, but there are flaws in his game and his inability to lead the team around him sometimes appears to be a problem. But what are you going to you, – you're, you're stuck now. There's nothing you can do now. I, 
Yes, there is. Of course there is. But the NBA wants that. They promote that. And it's to their credit. It's a fantastic league because they turn these guys into on-court and off-court superstars and brands. And that's that's to their but credit. But if that was erroneously done, you, then you're, you're, if you, can, you can't get out of the it. The question is, can James Harden handle that? And I think he can in the right, in the right set of circumstances. This is not one of them. Right? I don't think this guy's used to, to losing like this. And I'm, I know Chris Paul's not. Chris Paul's been on winning teams for the last 10 years at least. Obviously, he's well. off on a bad team. But here's the thing. You need gritty, talented, skilled players down the rest of that roster to account for that. And they don't have that. They, they, there's injuries going on. There's some things like that. They lost to Trevor Ariza, who's 33 anyway. But the, they don't have anybody to watch their back right now. Right, so if Harden's not hitting the step back right. jumper, and if Chris Paul can't go end to end anymore, who who is it? Who is the effort guy? Who's the who's the Draymond Green type player? You know, on this team, that when the superstars are having off nights or off months, whatever whatever's going on here, who who's who is that guy? They they just don't have it. They don't have it. They just don't no, have right. it. And, and a guy who can do everything, but is never going to be that superstar. Is never going to have. The brand that that a James yeah, Harden. But sort of role. once you go down that road, you, you there's no U-turns on those things. That's I think that's, and right. that's, the that's what I'm worried about. What happens next year when James Harden is worth forty million and Chris Paul's worth forty million? And what and they're what are we doing 50, there? And they're twenty million dollar players. So here here's how the I want Paul, to end this the conversation. Paul, the Paul contract to me was a huge mistake. And for there's Houston. two more years on it. Yeah, that was a two huge mistake. Yeah. Um, you know, Harden, I get. The Chris Paul contract, uh, re-signing with that, that to me was basically like, well, we're not going to be able to get anybody like him in free agency, yeah. so let's hang on to him. But there's a there's a lot of miles on that Maserati. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, a I, lot. I, I completely agree. With I that. also yeah. think that as you as you pointed out, Mike, there there's a we live in a superstar generation. It, it's it, the leagues want to find the next one. The fans want the next one. He's the one who sells the jerseys and all that stuff. It's in every sport. You create sometimes these superstars based on one season or whatever, and and not everybody is that. There, there's a reason why we call them superstars. There are not very many of them. And what happens is, is teams get fall in love with these guys or they buy into the creation and, oh, my God, our fans demand that we give this guy all the money that he wants and he's our guy, and then you realize that he isn't that guy, and now you're like, oh, what do we do now? Well, so, so the problem is you need, to Mike's point earlier, you need two other guys to go with your superstar. Let me piggyback on that because let's 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 just put them versus Golden State here because that's what they're doing, right? I mean, that's yes. how they're building themselves to try to be or be be, be better than that, right? But they're not even close to that. No, because here's what's going on: James Harden at this stage and Chris Paul at his stage are essentially the same player. They're the same player. Thank you. So yes, yes. you have two superstars, but even if they can figure out how to play together, which they did last year. That's pretty easy to, to figure out defensively. Yes. You're only you're only having to stop one mechanism on the court. Whereas you look at Golden State, and at any point in time, Kevin Durant can be a five, a four, a three, a two, or a one. That's unguardable. And that's you don't scheme for Kevin Durant. So you throw that with Clay Thompson who's sitting over there waiting for the ball and, and Curry who could do anything, take it to the hoop on you or, you know, step across the half court line and shoot. When you've got that variety of superstar that's indefensible. But I think that Rockets are just easy to figure out right now. They're both ones. Yeah. Paul and Harden are both ones. Or, or both twos, right? Neither of them want the ball at some point, or well, everybody wants the I'm ball saying, at some but point. Yeah, they're, they're <laughs> great with the ball in their hands yeah. and bringing it up the court and creating, whereas, you know, just my 
my my opinion. Like they both have to have the ball. Yeah. And you know, where Curry can play without the ball, even though he's great with the ball, he can play without the ball, I think better than Harden can play without the ball. Here's my last observation on this, in that you know, sometimes when you combine superstar the, the, the Warriors have done it in a ways that nobody else has done it before. And and I think that their ability to create chemistry among superstars is what everybody is trying to replicate, right? So you've got your superstar, you go get another one, and then all of a sudden maybe they quite weren't or maybe number superstar number one isn't working with number two and doesn't want to share the spotlight. And I just read the story this past week and it made me think of it. Uh, there's a big controversy in Chicago with the Bulls about how much they're now being asked to practice or whatever. And the coach, boy, who coached under Popovich is trying to do it the same way Popovich did it and basically the players are like you're not Popovich you didn't win like Popovich if we're in San Antonio we'll do practice for two and a half hours because it's Popovich that wants to do it and he's got a track record you're not that guy and I feel like sometimes that happens with players as well too yes but I'd also go one step further because even Popovich isn't being Popovich right now right He's not getting these these no namers to come together and, and, and be you know be demons on the court. There's also got to be a guy on the court who can act as that middleman, right? As that voice, that that in the huddle voice. That he had Duncan for all those years. Right. There couldn't have been a better <laughs> admiral to take a take a David Robinson term away, right? On the court to be that middleman between the harsh Popovich and you know the youth or the or, or guys who are just grinding through a long season. That to me. That doesn't exist. And maybe that doesn't exist in Houston right now. Maybe Chris Paul is not being that guy right now. I wouldn't assume Harden would be that guy. It would be Paul of the two. And maybe there's just a disconnect within that team right now that, you know, whether it's D'Antoni's system is just being figured out or if there's not the the kind of on-court leadership. But let's just finish on this note because we're getting close to trading time here in the NBA, which is super fun. It's getting more fun every year. We've sort of discussed what, what to look forward to with Houston, which is just a lot more money for maybe not a lot of production. What what do they do right now in the next two months? Are they gonna are they just gonna rip this thing up? Are they gonna go out and try to bring you know, are they gonna drop four first round picks on some some other superstar to try to make this thing work for the rest of the year and squeak into the playoffs? What 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 would you do right now? Do you mail in twenty eighteen? Boy, that's a great question. You know? Tough to do that once we're sitting here in early December. Yeah. Right? I think that's I, I think you let the play. I think I think you deliver that message to your players. Like, look, we're going to figure out what we're going to do. If you guys can pick up some wins and show that you're you're going to get to the playoffs, well, then I'll do something. Yeah. If you're going to keep doing this, then eh, I'm not going to give up the future. Uh, you know, for this, uh-uh, not going to happen. So it's going to be really interesting. I think it's a wait. It's definitely a wait and see. All right. All right. Let's talk a little football, Mike. You yeah. uh, you got something on your mind about uh, quarterbacks in the NFL and how they were acquired this season? Yeah, it was a, a rare offseason, which we discussed in length on this on this show before. I was, we had free agents. There were some trade pieces. Obviously, the rookie class that came in and, and who are actively playing. So there's there's sort of like a 10 or 11, maybe 12 guys who are new to the, to their current team but are out there to some degree and are, are making an impact. And it just sort of begs the question of comparison, right? It's, it's what worked better? Right. If you're looking at the set of rookies, you know the Mayfields, the Darnolds, the Allens, the Rosens, Lamar Jackson versus Alex Smith, Kirk Cousins, Case Keenum, and then you've got Bradford Taylor and Bridgewater, who obviously didn't work out. But Did you think of this topic before or after the Monday night game the other night? Oh, before. I, 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 <laughs> okay. This is before I even sat down. Because I, I, I think after the Monday night game, you got a lot of people yeah, but, questioning. But you weren't beforehand. 
I know, oh, I know his numbers are, but but to see them, to see him look that bad on national TV in a but, crucial game. But if you know Kirk Cousins, he's always been it's that always bad in prime been, time. Right. It's yet again his inability to win big games. He he doesn't beat plus five hundred teams. Right. Ever. Right. That's just his thing. Which everybody knew, but they still gave him eighty <laughs> plus million. Oh. You know, the the Alex Smith one worked out until he got Theismand. Was he good? Was he good? Good enough. They I don't, were, I don't they know. Were, they were a, a a playoff team at yeah. the time, right? I, he, sure he was what he good. is. He was what That's he right. is. That's right. That's right. Who's you know slightly better than Tyrod? Okay. So were they better off just drafting somebody? Well, not if they wanted. That's to That's the make, point I want to. I, I want to get to here. But not if they wanted to make the playoffs. Because he I had don't him think... in position to be a playoff team, which right. Alex Smith yeah. always does, but then never much beyond that, which is why the Chiefs got but rid of him. The argument to a team to look at to support Mike's question there is the Baltimore Ravens. But they're the only one. They're the only one. And and none they, of these other rookies are making the playoffs. They went to the rookie because of injury. Yeah. And you know, Flacco's out. Jackson comes. He's three and one. Yeah. Lamar Jackson almost, almost beats Kansas City. My goodness. Right? Yeah. Almost beats Kansas City. And but we'll have to wait and see how, how that bears but out. I don't think he's winning games either. No, their defense is. Yeah, their defense yeah. is incredible. Not, I mean, he's sort of the, the anomaly in this whole conversation, I'm right? Right. Because he's not passing the ball very well. No. Lamar isn't. No, no, not really. Um, Mayfield looks great. Darnold's going through growing pains. He looks good. Sam Darnold's going to be a good quarterback. He's got the tools. Yes. yes. He looks good. He looks like what a quarterback is supposed first, to look like. Put the, it that way. Yeah, the first two, the first two quarterbacks yes. in the draft. May, Mayfield, by the way, when all these people thought Darnold was going to be number one, Mayfield has dispelled that by showing what he can do. He's a gamer. Yep. He reminded people of Brett Favre. You yep. can see why the guy. The, the guy's a player. I'll say this though: good on Cleveland. Yeah, Cleveland took a lot of flack for their drafting over the past few years, um, but they have have used free agency and the trade tool to put a really nice team around him. They, they didn't they didn't bottom out and then say, here's our quarterback, let's try to build this thing back up like the Bills have done. And they and that's just a fact. And the, to some degree the Jets did that as well. The Jets are the Jets had some defensive players like the Bills do, but in terms of offensive weapons, the, the Jets and the Bills have done no no favors for Sam Darnold or Josh Allen. The the the, the Browns didn't do that. Uh, the Browns said not only are we getting Baker Mayfield but we're going to go pull Jarvis Landry out of our AFC East <laughs> rival, right. Dolphins, and 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 there's other there's a there's a stud tight end. There's three good wide receivers, there's and that's a good product offensive of one line. win over the previous two seasons as well. They too. were able to draft, but but they didn't just they didn't just throw water to the wind, right? They they actually put some thought into this. Finally, right after quarterback after quarterback after quarterback, they said we're going to bottom out. We're going to get ourselves to number one. There's this we've identified this guy. But they went out and they spent money to secure him, is what I'm saying. And it's to their credit. So I think part of Mayfield's success has to be that there's actually a formidable team around him right now, which these other guys really can't say. Yeah, you know what? The interesting thing, too, is you look at the players they shed, yeah. and you're thinking, how could they be successful offensively? Uh, you know, Gordon, gone. Yeah. Uh, Coleman, who was a first-round pick, bust, but yeah. he has, he's been a bust. Uh, the running Carlos back. Carlos Hyde. Yeah, they traded Hyde yeah. to the Jacks. I think the common denominator on there, Kevin, is none of them were particularly good teammates. Yeah, yeah, you know, think, and 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 had been around for too many of the losses. I also think Baker has quite a voice right now in there, which is kind of amazing for for yeah. where he is in his career. He's kind of I I I would suspect he if he's not 
the leader of that team. He's amongst the two or three best leaders of that team. Yeah. Along so, you know, along with Garrett or you know, and and you know, and some of the other guys on defense. But I mean, let's go back to the acquisitions. Let's go back to the guys who are traded for or signed in free agency, which is new. This is a new this is a new thing, right? These are these are sort of game manager quarterbacks. That's what that's what Smith and Cousins and Bradford and Keenum, Keenum. were and yep. Taylor. That's what these guys are. Bridgewater obviously just got weeded up because if of you're an beyond injury. if you're better than that, you're not ever you're available. Not, you're not leaving. You're right. not leaving. So so the point is is it working? It's it's a small sample size. It's 14 weeks for a lot of these guys. It's a small sample size. But what's going what what should we expect from them next year? Is Kirk Cousins going to be a better version of himself on this Minnesota team next year? Oh, yeah. Nobody's no, going. I think this was the this was the best team he could have been dropped into. So what was the what was the better move? What was the better move? Well, I think at this point, as you sit here, you say the better move was they should have stuck with Case Keenum, who's on this list. Yeah, and is not going to make the playoffs with the Denver Broncos. Right. So does changing teams just torpedo your career as a quarterback? I think I think to some Can degree, of- to some degree, there's two fronts with a quarterback being dropped into a team. The the team dynamic part of it, you're the leader. You you have you, you coming in out of nowhere. You have to learn the guys. You have to understand mm-hmm. your role and just the fact that it in your first year in a new offense with new personnel, it's never going to be as good as it is in your third year the, with that. I think that's the nature of the quarterback position. The th- the three off the top of my mind that have worked. The three that changing teams, changing teams. Two of them won Super Bowls. Kurt Warner okay. and Peyton Manning, Peyton Manning okay. right? Yep. We're talking about Hall of Famers. Yep. Okay. Uh, Rich Gannon was uh, the one that comes to mind when Kansas City to the Raiders, mm-hmm. and they went to the Super Bowl um, under Chucky. No, it wasn't under Chucky. It was the other guy. Who was the um, coach of the Raiders there? Oh, I was don't that know. Bill Callahan yes. at the time? Yes. Wasn't Callahan wow, the coach? was it really? I think so. <sighs> yeah, he might have well, been. who did Gruden win with? Well, you're on Brad Johnson, yeah. right? <laughs> Minnesota to Tampa, right? right? So there's, a, you know, it, it doesn't happen often, but it can happen uh, with players. You're just asking a lot of that position to come out of no, to come into a team in its first year and just assume that everything is going to work because it's as much the off the field stuff with a quarterback as it is the on the field stuff. Here's why I wanted to get here, because if it, if it's just that he needs more time. I'm not sure this is a league that can do that anymore. Not anymore. Right? I nope. mean, you're going to lose wide receivers and running backs. Yep. And he's going to lose. Kirk Cousins is going to lose his offensive coordinator. It's going to happen. John D. Filippo is going to be a head coach of somebody. Or they're going to fire year. him after this year. One of two. <laughs> right. <laughs> but then doesn't, isn't that even more tantalizing for the Browns? No. Um, look, it, it's going to happen. He's going to be in a whole new offense next year. Right. Right? Yeah. So... What is the conver- what is the right conversation here? The right to me, the right conversation. Don't pay is the guy draft and, develop, draft and develop. <laughs> right, right. Draft and develop. Right. Live through the first year. Hope the second year gets you uh, get takes big strides. Gets you on the brink of the playoffs. And by your third year, you should be you. If you're a top ten drafted quarterback, you should be a top but ten NFL. quarterback. That's always going to be the conversation. Right. That's the easy way to do this. But shouldn't the other conversation be never swing big? Minnesota Define swinging big in free agency. You mean well, how, how did Minnesota win last year? Defense. No, they won with oh. a two million dollar version of Case oh, Keenum, okay. right? I got right? 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 And and the Eagles won with a seven hundred thousand dollar version of Nick Foles. Right. Don't you shouldn't have to swing big if you're acquiring. Right. Okay. Let me ask you a, a question about um, 
San Francisco 49ers then. They okay. swung big for Garoppolo. I, got hurt. Isn't the jury still out? And the jury is sure. out. Isn't right? he the perfect the, the perfect end case for this conversation? Like if he works, it's a little bit different because he, he really never had an opportunity. Year. Let's say that. He looked great last year. Great. He did. He looked great and they've built a nice little team there, but by the time he gets back next year, right? It's not the same team anymore. Yeah. Garcon's going to be gone. I don't know where Marquise Goodwin's going to stand, you know, in terms of health. They're they're going to dump some players. They're going to dump some players next year. So, so what you're saying is that the league requires that you have immediate impact, but the position never leads to immediate impact. It's almost impact. like it has to all click at once. Yeah, but how often does that happen? The Browns just did it. And I think the Browns should be a team to watch right now. Like uh, The Browns did it the right way. They said, you're going to work for us, you're going to work for us, you're going to work for us. Let's drop in Baker Mayfield and make this thing work. I think there's a real good chance that the Browns can go from here. Go-go. Especially with Pittsburgh looking like they look. Yeah. Right? Could Boy. they sneak in the Complete playoffs? Opposite. Could Complete. they sneak in the playoffs this year? The Browns? Yeah. It's they're in the hunt, and I, I just heard this on the radio coming in. Pittsburgh's a half game away from being out. Yeah. If Baltimore wins next week and they lose, they're out of the playoffs with one week to go. Well, that's incredible. They're, they're leading their division right now. <laughs> how much? How much cap space? Uh, all right, I'm looking at 54 million in cap. Cleveland? Uh, that's that's what they have right now. Yeah. I'm looking for 19. Uh, well, that rolls over. What's so, that? Yeah, it rolls over, right, in cap space? They're in great shape to, they should to be acquire in, whatever they need. Yes. They're in great shape to acquire. And yeah. they'll be a destination with a new head coach, you think? I, I mean, I would think. I can't I, I can't see them keeping Greg Williams. As I don't either. Uh, there's no need to. Right? Maybe if, they, keep him, if they make a run to week 17 and are in the playoff hunt, It'll be yeah, but it'll be just pay a him to be the defensive coordinator. Then pay right. him more to be the defensive guy. Yeah, right? <laughs> he's not going. Right, that's not really nobody, that's not not nobody else is hiring Greg Williams. Eh, nobody. Else. You know how many people said that a couple of years ago? Oh, come on, hey, we've if, been around this. It's a trendy one. league, Mike. If if people Whoa. think that he was the one partly responsible for the late season push, then somebody else is going to say, "I want that guy." And he'll think he'll he'll believe he'll get hired. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. We know that about Greg. Is Baker getting his college coach? Boy, again, if they continue to play well and make a run towards the playoffs, that would make Lincoln Riley think long and hard about it, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it? Because now he's stepping into a situation right. where he can win right off the it, bat. Well, it also depends what happens coming up here in a few weeks, right? And how things yeah, figure out for him, right? Course. If if they can win the national championship, see ya. Yeah, maybe. I, would yeah. Think so. I think so. I would I think, think so. I'm going to. I'm going. I would with my think guy. if they can win that, if they can beat Alabama, that's enough for him for the first week. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, and we're all hoping for that, right? Yeah, Sorry, Alabama fans. Are. I think we kind of <laughs> are. Yeah, I just want to see somebody new in the championship game. Yeah, I just uh, let's let's. Which, by the way, I'm I'm happy for Hertz. By the way, what a oh, what a cool story. Awesome, right? For the second year in a row. Yeah, right. I mean, just that's a could cool. have easily bailed on that. The new rules could have made it. He yes. could have easily walked away and retained his year of eligibility and transferred somewhere else. Uh, and that uh, I think we see that a lot with kids getting impetuous and and you don't like me, I'm going somewhere else. It happened with the Clemson quarterback. Um, good for him. Good for him for sticking it out. All right, let's put a bow in this quarterback conversation with this. The, the reason I wanted to really dive into this wasn't so much about how bad these guys look, right? Because I, I I think the, they're up against it. In in either case, whether you're a rookie coming in or you're a you're a quarterback changing teams and being thrown right into a, a situation like Cousins and Smith were. Um, it's that this is going to be a big deal in the next 24 months because you're going to have a lot of franchises who have been had quarterbacks set in stone that are going to have to give up on that, whether that's through retirement or just, you know, like Roethlisberger next year. I don't know where, what they sure. do there. If, if he wants to play, do they allow him to come back? 
I mean, he's throwing. They don't have any interceptions choice. in the end zone. They don't have any choice. He's still he's he's having a bad stretch right now. He's still one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Yeah, yeah. Is that team good enough to win though? Because if they're not good has, enough to win, defense then hasn't rip been it good off. for two years since Ryan Shazier got hurt. They right. had, their defense has not been good. Listen, they they did they've been playing without Connor the last couple of weeks. Yeah, but they and well, I'm just when has Roethlisberger been great without an awesome running game? Yeah. Hasn't right? right. I don't. Hasn't that, I don't. That, that's to me. That's not a negative, Kevin. I, you know. I mean, that you, you well, got. I'm just you, talking you, about uh, how many quarterbacks in the league have been great without a good but, running game. Well, you're saying he just. Yeah, Tom he Brady. Just, he just needs great. that back. If I think he needs a running, running game, game back. Yes, you're saying yeah. he's going to be fine if there's a running game. That, so. that threat of a running game. Just I mean, you know, he's got a great receiver in Tony. And listen, I, I'm not. I'm not trying to take anything away from Roethlisberger's career. I'm just talking about the now. I'm talking about right now. And they know he's going to throw the football because they don't have anybody to run the football because Connor's been hurt. I'm going to I'm going to go out on a limb here and say this: there is a very strong chance Antonio Brown is going to demand a trade this offseason. There's a very strong chance of this to the Browns, I, to anyone, <laughs> to anyone that'll throw him the ball ten times a game. Right, and that's all he cares and, about, and where he sees a legitimate future. Because I'm not sure many Steelers right now see. Uh, you know, a three right. to four year, you know, situation out there right now. You know, to your point, Kevin, the Steelers are one of those franchises that has never really no. taken that step back. They've never re- they've always reloaded and never rebuilt. That's and right. and to their credit for that, it's not easy to do. Um, is this the time that they have to do that? Well, they rebuilt when they drafted Roethlisberger. Mm, I I mean that's a long time ago. Maybe my memory is I mean, foggy. Who the hell but, their quarterback? but does that align with Mike Tomlin? That was Tommy Maddox was their quarterback at the time, and they were good. Their defense Actually, was. He made the playoffs. Remember, didn't remember, yes. Roethlisberger won a Super yeah. Bowl his rookie year. That's right. What? Wow. How did you Tommy pull that? Maddox? I was trying. To <laughs> former uh, former UFL uh, MVP LS, Tommy Maddox, LSU Las Vegas guy. locomotive or whatever he was. Yeah. No UCLA guy. Was he UCLA? UCLA. I, I yeah. thought he transferred to LSU. I don't think so. Or transferred. From- I have to look this up. Look it up. I am going to look this up here. You sure it was Tommy Maddox? I mean, Tommy Maddox was there. I believe Tommy Maddox was the starter when Roethlisberger was drafted, and he got hurt, and Roethlisberger came in, and their defense and Jerome Bettis were so dominant, he was throwing the ball 12 times a game, and they won a Super Bowl. Yeah, hell, they won with Bubby Brister. Quick quick thought here. Let's just assume, because there's a good assumption on many of these players, that Blake Bortles, Joe Flacco, Jameis Winston, Derek Carr, Different teams. Maybe Eli Manning. All with different teams. Could be available yeah. in free agency. Yeah, you're right. That whole list, you're right. Is 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 are Kirk Cousins and Alex Smith pushing pause to any team out there? They should be. I think I think so, right? They should be. Yeah. Boy, that's a crazy list, isn't it? I mean, think a but again, the common denominator in that list is towards the ends of their careers. Um, where they're not the same players they used to be, uh, except for Bortles, and and yeah. you know again is is a thirty five year old guy like that better than drafting a guy and playing a rookie right off the bat? Because it's one or the other now in the league. You don't rookies don't get time to develop and mature. You draft them and you play them. So they're twenty two year old starting quarterbacks as rookies, or you're starting a guy in his twelfth year. All right, Tommy Maddox, you're right. It was UCLA. He's from Louisiana. He's from Louisiana, mm. so that's where I was thinking LSU. He was drafted in the first round, pick number 25, Denver, Denver Broncos. Yep. That is correct. Yeah. Then went Replaced to, John Elway. Then went to the Rams, and then the Giants, 
Atlanta Falcons. Hmm. They don't have the UFL in there, do they? uh, They have the New Jersey Red Dogs. That was arena. He played arena ball, I (laughs) I guess. Nice. L.A. Extreme. Yeah. um, I think that's arena ball. Was it the XFL or was it? I think it may have been the XFL that he played in Las Vegas, didn't he? He was. It was in one. Of, it was either the UFL or the XFL. 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 Man, That's this guy LA is extreme. traveled. The uh, XF. Yeah, the the New Jersey Red Dogs were in the Arena Football League, and matter of fact, I remember because I was calling Arena Football games for the Buffalo Destroyers in 2000. So I remember Tommy Maddox playing for the New Jersey Red Dogs. Then he went to the XFL, the LA Extreme. Then to the Steelers, comeback player of the year in 2002. For the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's an incredible journey for yeah, Tommy Maddox, sure which totally throws, well, actually doesn't throw Mike's uh, thing, you know, he, all these different teams, but he was a first round pick. So. But he was never high, highly paid either. Dra- draft a quarterback. So that is the point. Well, he's kind <laughs> of the Case Ruff- Keenum, right? Well, he's yes. kind of Case Keenum. Yeah, Case or, Keenum or got tossed Check around. out the arena leagues for your next starter. Yeah, he got tossed around a little well, bit there. You mentioned Warner never got paid ever. There's two Super Bowl champions who played quarterback in the arena football that's league, true. right? Tommy Maddox and Kurt yeah, Warner. And, yeah, and neither of them true. ever got paid money in the NFL. Right, they got thrown around like ragdolls because nobody it's, believed them. It's really interesting, though. What your your point? <laughs> That's tr- How could they? He's an arena football yeah. league guy. Yeah, it's a really interesting <laughs> point about where quarterbacking has become. Where where is it now? It's yeah. it's it's hang on to these guys until they're forty two years old, or draft a rookie and play him. And if he doesn't have success in two years, get rid of him. It's going to be a nervous conversation. Soon. There's like no right? middle class. Like, like right. who, who are the next Philip Rivers and Roethlisberger's and Breeze and Brady? Well, who are the next guys that are going to play till they're 40? Well, we've got to. Are they ever going to get a chance to I do think that? There's a strong, you know, two, three year class here that's in the league that are pushing these guys out. But no, I don't I don't know that they'll play to 35 anymore. Right. I mean, is this a is Rogers in decline right now? Or is this just a mess of a franchise? I think it's a mess right now in Green Bay. I think there's a chance he might be in a little bit of a decline. I think there's a little decline there. Honestly, I do. He's 34? Going on 35? They all can't be Tom Brady. No. They all that's can't the, be. I think that's the point. That's you the know, point. They, or Breeze. They, or Breeze. They just they all can't be <laughs> playing as well at 38 as they were at 28. It just, it just doesn't happen. I mean, Russell Wilson looked kind of old last night to me. I hate saying that. Did look old on the fifty-yard run no, down the sideline. But when he got up, he kind of, he kind of, he kind of oh. looked like we would look, right? Yeah. Like, oh my god. By the what way, did I just do after that run, <laughs> yeah. like you saw the Vikings just stack the box because they knew it was going to be a handoff because Russell Wilson's like, <gasps> <laughs> yeah, he, you know, he, he just he sort of resembled me after like you know a, a, a sprint after my daughter or something <laughs> like like oh, that, I'm going to regret that tomorrow. Right? <laughs> but he's not old. He, he's not old yet. No, he's twenty-eight. 30. He's thirty. He's going to be yeah. thirty. I, I I think with with, with modern modern medicine and the Brady diet, um, <laughs> no, I think these guys are capable of playing longer in their careers. Hey, look at look at Andrew Luck. Yeah, but all right, but look at Andrew Luck, the shoulder injury, and it took a while to come back from it. And Andrew Luck is, you know, he's got the most passing attempts this year in the NFL. So, you know, I I think. When they know they have a guy, they'll stick with a guy even through injury because they know it's hard to find the guy. I, I agree with that, um, and I hope that I hope that remains. I love you know many dynasties that, that in these leagues. I do. I still. I always will love that. I'm worried they're in jeopardy. I'm worried we're going to see Patrick Mahomes have eight great years, and then you know the the current Kansas City GM basically say, "All right, we got to get cheaper. We can't pay him two hundred million dollars at age thirty two. Can't do it." I'm worried that's going to happen. I'm worried Matt Ryan's 
contract's going to bust out next year. Oh, I, uh, well. I'm worried Cousins has already busted out. I'm worried that Rodgers is going to look 45 years old in two years, and they still owe him $40 million. You know, I'm worried that baseball's bust of these massive contracts that happened after Pujols and, the, and those monster deals, A-Rod, is going to come to football, and that's going to mean that veterans are going to get pushed out, and that stinks. All right, let's move on. So you mentioned baseball. Let's move on to the the team that loves to spend money. Yeah, the New York Yankees. There's a lot of news right now. I don't know if you've read this morning. I didn't know. I what's the latest it's, this morning? Everything's about the Mets on this podcast, by the way. Oh, okay. Um, and there are Mets Yankees rumors right now. Pretty substantial ones. Uh, and it's not good for the Mets. Shocking. <laughs> um, so the, so the Yankees have done some damage already. Let's sort of go down the list. The Yankees have acquired a starting pitcher from Seattle and James Paxton which was, a, I think, a phenomenal move. Um, they have dabbled in these major major free agents. I mean, you, they're certainly listening. It sounds, though... Talking about Harper, Machado. sounds like right? Harper's out. And it sounds like, basically, they tried to do their due diligence in maybe trading, trading Giancarlo Stanton, moving some guys, maybe getting somebody to take that Ellsbury contract off of them. So people um, listening right now, wait a second, they just got Stanton, and they're yeah. trying to trade him already. Yeah, but this is, this is forward-thinking. From Cashman, this really is good stuff, and and I don't I don't mean to you know to to discount any of the moves the Yankees have made or even the ones they're considering here, which we'll get to. But it sounds like they're out on Harper because they just they don't want to fit a you know they don't want to have too much of a surplus in a situ- situation where they would have to have, make him play first base. They don't want to do that. They don't they don't want to they don't want to sign a guy to three hundred million dollars where half of the half of that contract he's playing first base because um, they're already paying a guy that amount of money to DH exactly. Yeah, they, they they've had they've had years where they've had too many DHs on that team. There's honestly there's that happens a lot in the American League. Um, so I I give them credit for that. It sounds like they're letting you know Philadelphia and Chicago outbid themselves on on Harper. It does sound like they're in a Machado, um, and it sounds like all the concerns about his effort and his situation with the Dodgers in, in the playoffs and all that have essentially been. Looked away. Easy to point. ignore when you, get, a lot of teams. Uh, when you get uh locked into something like that. There's a lot of teams in on Manny Machado right now. More than I thought, honestly. But I did say how this. How many? How many? I, I'd say there's more than ten right now. Real wow. Yeah, there's a lot there's a lot. He he is it appears that he and his camp have come down on the I have to play shortstop, which was which turned a lot of teams that have short sure. stops off. It seems third like third base, third base to be in the It seems like he's willing yeah. to do that, even though I think he will end up playing shortstop for somebody. By the way, most GMs telling his agent, "Look, if A Rod could play third, yeah. you can play." Third. That's right. That's right. Look at the money he made right. and the money you're about to make. So you take wherever you, you yeah, play, right. wherever you got. Yeah. And he's dating anyway. J Lo. Anyhow, oh yeah, yeah, all timer. Um, look at <laughs> there's. Look. Your, by the way, you ought to put up the. <laughs> yeah. You ought to put up on SpotTrack.com the the career earnings of the women of A Rod. It comes up a lot. Women, there's a lot. There's a lot of these athletes that have some. Well, how, how about a top couples uh, yeah. salary list? Well, Brady, wins that, Brady, Brady, yeah, Brady right? wins that one too. Brady wins that one too. Yeah, you but know? <laughs> I'm just thinking real quick. The women of A Rod, Madonna's probably all time on the earnings list. Yeah, of his yeah. girlfriends. You could just do a, a comparison of of A Rod versus Jeter and really stir the pot. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. That's good anyway, point. back right, on anyhow. track here, sir. Back to baseball. <laughs> Are there any commons Look on at that list? Machado. <laughs> Machado. Oof. Come on, you were thinking it. Anyhow, I, I said this to you guys a few weeks ago, and I think I'm still right. Machado's not getting 300 million dollars for all the reasons we talked about. There were some off the field stuff. He, he, people just don't want to go longer and higher on Machado than they would on a Harper. So I think that's going to happen. It's going to come down to maybe a six year deal, maybe even less. If it is the Yankees, 
the Yankees don't need him for eight, 10 years. They just don't. This is a team that's going to be fluid, which is to Cashman's credit. They are, they are moving players more than they've ever done. It's no more of this buy the jersey and fall in love with this guy for 15 years. The Yankees have finally come around to that, to those days are done. And that's a good thing. Um, but I do think if it's a shorter term deal with maybe a little bit more impact, like 35 million a year, I think Machado might end up getting, um, he's going to be a great fit for a team that so think has assets. They can move Miguel and Duhar, which I don't think they should do, but I think they can do to get themselves a starter. Um, so I, I do think the Yankees might be the favorites right now for Manny Machado, but, but I still think, and there's two teams now involved. I still think the Phillies and the Cubs could just come out with a checkbook and say, Bryce Harper and Manny Machado, you're both with us. Wow. Both teams could do wow. that right now. Or could the one that loses out on Harper be the one? Yes. It could still split one or the other. But I do think if the Cubs brought in both of those guys right now, they immediately turn back to – because, look, the Cardinals have made moves in that division. So the, the, the Cubs are sort of looking up right now. They had a down season. They're looking up at, at the moves the Cardinals have made. I, I think that Theo Epstein is – considering being very aggressive with both those two guys. And if that means overpaying for both, uh, look out. But let's get to the news of the day, which is the Yankees and the Mets are in serious winter meeting discussions wow. right now to send Noah Syndergaard to the Yankees, um, which I do think Miguel and Duhar would be involved. But it sounds like that the Marlins are also involved because the Mets want uh, GT Riomoto, which would be a stud catcher, arguably the best offensive catcher in baseball. So... It sounds like the it's really making traction. The Yankees really want Syndergaard uh, to be that number three guy in their rotation right now, which is crazy to think about if you put it all together. But it sounds like uh, there's a lot of uh, a lot of traction on that move, and the, and the and the crosstown teams in New York are about to make a blockbuster deal. But that really, I don't I don't love this for the Mets. <laughs> Any move where you lose a starting pitcher and gain a catcher, I think, is uh, yeah, troublesome. That, uh... That will that will prompt the, the the great lists that always come out, which is guys who have played for both the Yankees and the Mets. That's always right. a good list, and it might. Uh, how long is the list of Yankees Mets trades? Yeah, they, they doesn't they, happen very it's often. Not too often, generally it's indirect that uh, you know the, the Mets give up a guy and then he finds his way back to the Yankees. Right, that's generally big money. Most of the guys who have played for both teams have but, made a stop in between. But that's sort of the, uh, the the final point I want to make here, which is the Yankees. I mentioned they've sort of changed their their ways. The Yankees aren't looking to go out and, and sign Bryce Harper at four hundred million dollars because that's a sexy move. They're using the trade more than any team in baseball right now, and they've been doing that since. The, about two deadlines ago, they've they really ramped it up. Cashman has really caught on to the idea of gaining assets, building your team through the you know through the farm system, but then moving on, moving on because it happens so often that young guys win World Series. It just doesn't happen, right? Houston's an anomaly. You just don't see that happen in baseball. So he knows that if he wants to remain relevant and a postseason team, which is the only way the Yankees are worth a damn. Right to baseball or to that city. If the Yankees aren't in the postseason, it's just an awful year. And the only way to do that is to have veterans who can take you there throughout a, a long season. He he's been brilliant in, in being able to showcase young talent and then shop them and bring in guys who can win, in, make an impact right away. And Syndergaard would be that next piece. So I I give Cashman credit for the kinds of moves he's at least trying to make and the ones he has already made. They've swapped 15 players since 1996, and Paul is still smarting from the Kenny Greer trade to the Mets for Frank <laughs> There's Banana. There's really only one notable trade yes. of the 15. There's I only know one 2001, with, right? with names 
with names that are like that a baseball fan would know. Well, Two thousand and one. I yes. Most of them are. are the, give me the give me the name. That there, there, it was outfielder for infielder. Outfielder for infielder, and they are both significant longtime veteran major leaguers. And one of them, one of them was married to uh, a high, probably somebody who's earned more money in her career than he has earned in his career. I'm trying to blank here. The Mets sent an outfielder to the Yankees. Yankees traded Yankees somebody to the Mets. to the Mets for an infielder. And this infielder, I'll give you one more hint. This infielder um, had a history with a former Mets pitcher. That's right. <sighs> Nolan Ryan. Got punched out by a former Mets. Oh, you gave him too big of a hint there. Right. All right. Is this Olerud? 2001, Yankees sent David Justice nice. to the Mets. For Robin Ventura. Ventura. Ooh. Yeah. Other than that, it's he's had, he's mostly nondescript. <laughs> yeah. And Halle Berry's. Yeah, the, of course. Yeah, yes. Of course. Okay. Mostly right. nondescript names in 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 so Mike this, Stanton for Felix Heredia in two thousand four. Well, that actually, that's, those are names. You know. Other than that, not not much. So this would be a big deal. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Only fifteen times. I like it. Yeah. Well, since 96. I mean, they've had, right? No, 15 times all time. 66. Oh, all time. Okay. Yeah, all time. Wow. Wow. The first first trade between the two teams came in 1966. Yep. So keep an eye on that. All right. Good stuff from the Yankees, though. Yep. All right, great. Look, we we covered basketball. We covered (laughs) quarterbacks. We covered baseball here. Final, real quick. Yeah. Your predictions, Mike. Where... Does, where does Machado end up? Where does Harper end up? I think Machado and the Yankees make it work. I think that's the one big signing that the Yankees end up making. Um, I'm going to keep Harper in the Phillies. I think Harper in Philadelphia just makes a ton of sense. Okay, but if Machado goes to the Yankees, you don't see Harper going to the Dodgers? Or the Cubs? No. I, so nobody, Somebody who doesn't reel from losing one of those guys? I think the Cubs are going to be very aggressive. I really do think that's going to happen. The Dodgers are trying. The Dodgers seem to be taking the Yankees approach here in that they are really involved in some trade conversations with Cleveland, with Tampa, with a bunch of teams, uh, including the Mets, by the way. But I, I think they end up going that route because they need to get rid of some guys. They need to get rid of Yasiel Puig and a few players, maybe even a Bellinger who maybe is on the fringe right now with that roster going forward. But, um, yeah, I think maybe their, their blockbuster moves come via trade. Chicago's going to get aggressive. We don't know about that. But, um yeah, I think the Phillies just have money and the right roster for Bryce Harper who can go there and be the guy. All right, great stuff. Again, hey, make sure you check out the premium section at SpotTrack.com. Become a premium member, ad-free experience, and all the other bonuses, including the Total Sum podcast and much more from uh, Mike and the team at SpotTrack.com. Be sure to give us a rating wherever you download the podcast from, whether it be uh, Spotify, whether it be iTunes, wherever you get the pod uh, Give us a rating, and it's the holiday season, so hopefully you're in the giving uh, spirit for that. For Mike Gennetti and Paul Peck, I'm Kevin Sylvester. Thanks for listening to SpotTrack.com Podcast.